And good morning, everyone. Welcome into a brand new edition of Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. I'm Steve Cashel, so happy to be joined by my usual co-host. He is Dr. Brian Cole, the head team physician with the Chicago Bulls, one of the co-team physicians with the Chicago White Sox. Dr. Cole is also a sports medicine specialist and orthopedic surgeon from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Our producer is Shane Reardon. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. And a reminder that podcast segments are always available to hear on the Sports Medicine Weekly blog through Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, iHeartRadio, and many other podcast channels. You can listen to past shows and uh, current shows and past segments, so take advantage. That's always popular with our listeners. Dr. Cole, how are you on this Sunday morning? Terrific, Steve. It's great to be with you on a, uh, a new day, and I'm enjoying the Sunday thing. Absolutely, yes. A new time for us every Sunday morning here on The Score at 7 a.m. Dr. Cole, uh, run me through, if you can, a uh, quick synopsis. Has your practice at Midwest, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush changed at all here in the last couple of weeks due to COVID? Are you seeing more patients? Um, what has changed in your world of, um, of sports medicine? I think, Steve, if you look at sort of the outside world, just general, you know, willingness to seek health care, I think that people are now gravitating towards what, you know, we've often called this new norm and that they're kind of comfortable when they need to, to go out and get something done. Um, you get enough, when you think about it, you get enough reinforcement that, it, hey, I had to go to the grocery store, then I had to go maybe pick something up at, if you know, retail. Uh, maybe I've even ventured out to a health club with a mask on. So I think that, you know, people who have had ailments who are willing to live with them are now sort of seeing clear path to go out and get something managed. So that part has has been, um, has influenced our sort of volume uh, per se, because it was, it was clearly down. It's not unlike what was happening in the hospital, Steve, where it's at one point, no one knew where all the heart attacks and strokes were. They weren't even coming into the emergency room. It was crazy. If you looked at sort of the demographic of the standard emergency room patient, patients were not coming out and they were at home with chest pain. Uh, so it was a really interesting phenomenon that was happening in healthcare. But now the environment is such that people, I think, are tired of being in pain and not being able to be active, you know, those who have musculoskeletal issues. And there's a willingness and a, con- a confidence and comfort level that it can be done safely. And that much I can say, I know I know it's safe to go see a doctor. I think we're in the best position to manage it uh, just to, based upon our protocols. It's not only the basic stuff where you, you can identify someone who may not know they have something going on, like taking your temperature or, um, you know, the questionnaires that we do and so forth. Uh, people have an understanding of when they don't feel well and are generally smart enough not to go out. So we believe that the environment there is self-selected in terms of who's actually walking in the door. And then the fact that people are wearing masks and we have the ability to, you know, uh, perform sort of excessive hygiene principles um, and we understand where people are in the building at any given time and we're physically distancing. Um, I, I can tell you that our, our environment, we have over 500 employees at Midwest Orthopedics, uh, we're, we're successfully managing it and we've had a very, I, I can't even honestly tell you the last person I know who's become positive um, on the employee side. So that mirrors what's actually happening in the healthcare system. If you go to the, through the hospital system, the emergency room all the way up, um, we're not seeing, and it's not like flying, you're not seeing lots of pilots and flight attendants, you're not seeing lots of doctors turn positive, not because this isn't real or, or we're necessarily any better, we've just learned how to manage it and prevent transmission, and that's a really tightly controlled environment. And then Steve, you know, to your question, um, as far as, you know, what's different, um, sports 
and activities bring about symptoms due to musculoskeletal problems, right? So if people are out there being active, they are either A, more likely to get injured, obviously, and or underlying conditions that didn't have symptoms are sort of brought to light. And I think that's the other feature that we're starting to see as people are venturing out, at least while the weather is good, to be active. So I'm seeing, it's interesting, on any, it used to be like any Monday, Steve, I, from the weekend, I would, during the summer or certain sports season, I would see um, three or four or five ACL tears, right? But because there's no real organized contact sports, I'm seeing like one or two, and they're happening with different mechanisms. The one thing I'm seeing is is a lot of youth baseball, baseball players. I've seen three or four elbow fractures that could have been Tommy John problems, but these kids are skeletally immature uh, because they're coming back. And I, I don't know if it's that they weren't throwing hard in this, quote, offseason while they weren't playing or they're, then they're coming back abruptly. But I've seen an absolute, and maybe it's been coincidence, but a surge of sort of traumatic injuries with young kids where they're breaking their medial epicondyle, which is a, a fracture where the Tommy John ligament is, the onocleidal ligament, but because they're skeletally mature, they actually fracture. So I'm seeing a different subset of injuries that I wouldn't normally see when things are sort of at status quo. Dr. Cole, that was an interesting um, uh, thought there uh, and description of the youth baseball injury. Can you go into more detail? Um, I'm interested myself just with, uh, I'm always thinking, you know, we had uh, Dr. James Andrews, uh, one of the famous uh, orthopedic surgeons uh, for the big athletes and stars uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, who's told us that he's done Tommy John surgery on youth baseball players as young as 9 and 10 years old, which is to me just um, fascinating, uh, sad, but, um, uh, you know, that's the truth. Um, But I'm always thinking Tommy John with the elbow and the uh, ulnar collateral ligament. Um, You're seeing fractures, though, in the elbow? Yeah, so what happens, Steve, is that you get two different types of injury patterns. If you're skeletally, if, if an individual is skeletally immature, there's a area of the bone that's called the growth plate. The growth plate is actually a softer, more, more vulnerable area that's really made of cartilage uh, for all intents and purposes. So it's, a, it's two bony fragments that are united by cartilage. And as we age, those growth plates get obliterated or get filled. So the ligaments insert right where the, the growth plates generally are in the same region. So one of two things happens when you have an enormous amount of stress. So for example, with high, what we call angular velocity with throwing. So you get a young kid, and I've had kids throwing these recently, 14 and 15-year-olds, okay? I mean, these kids are insane in terms of talent levels. And they're ramping up very quickly, and they're at that transition point where they're really becoming young men. So they have muscular strength that's probably more than their body's ability to tolerate. So when the growth plates are open, it's not likely that they're going to tear the ligament, and it's more likely that they'll pull off the bony piece where the ligament attaches and, and fracture right through the growth plate because it's a softer area. So as a skeletal immature where their growth plates are present and open and, and less strong, what happens, they actually break a bone uh, rather than pull the ligament off. And as we skeleton the mature and the growth plates go away and it turns into bone, that's not gonna break with force, then they tear the ligament off. And that's something that, um, you know, so that's the traditional Tommy John problem that I see in my adult athletes. But to see one an eight, nine, or 10 year old, that would be almost, that's a unicorn. Uh, but to get a fracture at that level, that's actually not, um, that's not unheard of. And, I'm, and I've seen three or four in the last, honestly, two weeks. Uh, and that's something I can go six months without seeing. So it's a very interesting phenomenon, but it speaks to the fact that I think the kinds of things that I see coming in are a function of what people are doing in our environment. And all you got to do is go outside, go on the lakefront, go, you know, the bike paths, things like that. You see how people are recreating 
it's a little different right now without organized sports. And like the only sports at my kid's school, uh, my my daughter who's uh, 15, are like the individual swimming in this, but they're not doing any collision or contact sports. So you're gonna get a whole new subset of injuries. Yeah, and Dr. Cole, um, on a personal level, uh, my 13-year-old Troy still plays baseball, high-level travel, and um, uh, they were supposed to play 65 games this season, spaced over April, May, June, and July. Now they're playing about 45 games beginning in, uh, they began June 1st, and they're going to be finishing here in another week or so. So they really rushed the schedule. I love it. I'm glad they're playing baseball, but um, a lot of games, more than uh, than usual during the week. And um, boy, I, but for the moms and dads out there, Dr. Cole, um, what are some of the signs they should be seeing with their sons and their and their elbows? I mean, you're talking about a fracture, you're talking about growth plates. Uh, what's the takeaway for the for the parents out there of these of these youth baseball players and also the girls who uh, pitch softball? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Steve, because I I do believe some of this stuff as I'm I, I you know, look, I've been practicing almost 25 years and I'm always learning something. And one of the interesting questions of that, the first question I ask these young people when they come in is, did you have any sort of anticipatory or pre-injury pain? And about 40 percent of them say, yes, my elbow was sore, unusually sore. And that's because I think what's happening is that we're seeing a ramp up that these kids are so happy. And look at your own son. You know, I'm sure this is with him. They're so happy to get back to sports that they're turning something on that was previously turned off. Immediate new stress. Hey, I'm a little bit sore, a little bit sore. So prolonged soreness that then leads to an abrupt sort of catastrophic, hey, something just popped in my elbow. I now have pain and there's swelling and it's bruising is not an uncommon presentation. So I would say this is a time when you have a young person who has not been involved in forceful, repetitive activities, who has some, eh, this is like some soreness, it's a nudgy elbow, that kind of thing, or any part of the joint, don't ignore it because um, it may be a precursor to something that is going to keep them out for many, many months and require surgery to fix because they've got a stress fracture or a stress reaction in the area that then leads to a complete fracture that had they respected the pain they were having that's unusual to them, they could have shut it down for a period of time, let the elbow adapt to stress again in some methodical way and not to the point where it would be overwhelmed. So I think some of these injuries are really preventable if these people, these kids listen to their bodies. That's a very important take home. And on the major league side, Dr. Cole, White Sox player, um, second baseman Nick Madrigal suffered a shoulder injury uh, this past week, sliding in the third base in a game, um, suffered a shoulder separation. Tell us the difference between a, a shoulder separation and a shoulder dislocation. So um, a shoulder separation is the acromioclavicular joint. So Steve, if you put your hand on the top of your shoulder, you know, like I'm doing right now, if you look at me, you can see I have my fingers on my AC joint. It's sort of like that bony prominence there where the collarbone meets the, the scapula or the shoulder blade. And um, that has a number of ligaments that keep the shoulder girdle in check. So when people separate their shoulder, they think that their collarbone or their clavicles are sticking up in the air. The reality is what happens is when one separates their shoulder, the scapula or the shoulder blade actually drops down inferiorly. It actually tugs on it and goes and and draws downward. And it makes it look like the clavicle is prominent. But the reality is the clavicles are at the same height, but the whole shoulder girdle, the scapula and the arm is actually drooping inferiorly or downward. And that's because it's usually a direct blow 
uh, to the top of the shoulder. And rather than fracturing, it tears ligaments and that joint becomes unstable. And there's a whole grading system in terms of how we how we score these when they come in and it's done by physical exam and x-rays. And, you know, the vast majority that I see in the office are non-surgical. Once you tear the ligament, you're kind of done. And as long as it's not a super high-grade separation, uh, individuals can tolerate it very, very well. And then, of course, it depends on the position they play. But I have, you know, this is uh, less common a baseball injury and more common sort of a football injury or a hockey injury because it requires a direct blow at a high velocity. And um, I would say that 75 to 85% of these are treated non-surgically and um, successfully. I had one myself. I was, I remember years ago, I had a, uh, we had a gathering for my office staff and we were playing soccer and I was never much of a soccer player, but you know, I had been watching the world cup and watching how these goalies go. And I did something so silly. I literally like tried to die for a ball sideways, but didn't even protect myself when I landed and I separated my right shoulder. And I got to tell you, it was, it was really painful. And, um, it, you know, it took almost a year where I, when I was lifting weights or working out that I didn't feel it. And mine was only what I call a grade two separation, uh, which is like a half 50% or it's a halfer, you know? Uh, so the good news is most of these end up being treated non-surgically, but they can take some time to get better and they can hurt for a while, especially if you do certain activities with that arm. And that's Steve, that's different than a shoulder dislocation. A shoulder dislocation is when the ball and socket. So in your world golf, you know, think of the golf ball on the tee, the golf ball just falls off the tee. That's what happens with a shoulder dislocation and the ball comes off, the ball comes out of the socket and that's usually associated with yes, tearing a ligament or some cartilage. Uh, but that one has a, in the, in the, in the wrong athlete has a very high recurrence rate, like in the 90, 85 to 90 percentile. So, um, we in certain athletic populations will fix those surgically, certainly more frequently than we will in AC separation. So that's the ball and socket joint rather than the collarbone that gets separated, uh, versus a shoulder dislocation. Um, like if you remember uh, Joakim Noah and we've had a couple others and certainly you see it in football, that's a shoulder dislocation where the ball comes off the golf tee or there's a shoulder, you know, there's a complete dislocation. Dr. Cole, we got to take a break. Uh, my advice to you, stay away from soccer. You can climb all the mountains you want, but uh, be careful being a, a soccer goalie or uh, watch your shoulder, okay? Yeah, you got it, brother. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. We're going to come back. It's Sports Medicine Weekly. Steve Cashel, Dr. Brian Cole. Our website is sportsmedicineweekly.com. It's our Ask the Doctor segment. When we return, got a couple great questions from some of our listeners. You're listening to Sports Medicine Weekly only on 670 The Score. 